0: Hiya, hiya, baby Can you feel it, feel it, feel it, Do you feel the same shit. way? that Consummate.
1: I'm so high? <laughs> we gonna make you feel that so way right. Roll up, let's smoke, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got to get high I've been high since the last song And i just been smoking and smoking Another black, pull another up. You know that we can really ease your mind.
2: Every time I smoke a river, they didn't know makes me fly. If everybody smoked a blubberly, really demanded what could be a better place. If everybody took a break, then we all just get wasted.
1: Good afternoon. You're listening to Cannabis Corner on WNHHLP 103.5 FM broadcasting live from downtown new haven and from our homes we're streaming live on TuneIn radio and newhavenindependent.org we're also streaming live video on facebook just go to facebook.com slash newhavenindependent or go to your facebook page and look us up you can also hit see first to hear and see all the great programs we have here on w n h h l p And you can also hear Cannabis Corner and see on Greenhaven Media and ProCannabisMedia.com. Good afternoon. It is Monday, August the 28th, 2023. Welcome to Cannabis Corner. I am your host, Joe Lachance. I am awaiting my co-host, the illustrious Uncle Lou. Uh, but for right now, I will be flying solo, but we have a couple of guests coming in, so it's going to be a great show. I wanted to, just to remind everybody who is in the cannabis industry who, and who was thinking about getting into the cannabis industry about the NERCS Symposium, the NERC Symposium, and that is this week the 30th and the 31st. So that would be uh, Wednesday and Thursday of this week up at the DCU center uh, in Worcester was mass. And that was, that will be put on by Kara crab Burnham and Maggie Kinsella and all the great, you know, all the great people up there in Massachusetts. They're putting together a great, great uh, symposium here. For anybody interested in getting in the cannabis industry. So I can't recommend it any higher. So that will be this Wednesday and Thursday um, and uh, up in Worcester. So, and if you want more info about that, you can go to NERCS, N-E-R-C, Symposium org and there are all kinds of links there and uh, you can also find him on facebook so well it's monday the weather's beautiful i'm hoping everybody had a great weekend i know i did and i know there are a lot of great uh events that were this weekend i know brian valencia had one up in wallingford and um there was also a great smokes and jokes event this weekend so you know, as you guys know, I spend a little bit of time between here in Puerto Rico, uh, and I'm trying to spend more time back here in Connecticut. And I'm really impressed at the cannabis community here, and how uh, how many people are doing events and incorporating cannabis into the events. And uh, I think it's great. And um, and I'm very, very pleased to see the community coming together in a lot of ways, uh, and joining forces for a lot of things. We got uh, a lot of great things coming up that I'm hoping to get involved in. And right now, I've got our first guests on the air. Oh, we got two guests today. I'm very excited. And that is, uh, it is Jen and Pat from the Burn and Learn Center. And the Burn and Learn Center is here to pro- provide you a friendly, all-inclusive, educational, and membership forum for all things related to the can life in Connecticut. Our fully equipped facility in North Brantford offers you a place to learn, experiment, and enjoy the company of like-minded people. Membership packages provide you with yearly discounts to courses, pop-up learning events, discounts on 420-friendly retailers, members-only content, and more. Our relevant courses are crafted around our community interests and the latest in growing techniques, health benefits, arts and culture, and so much more. There is truly a class for everyone at Burn and Learn. From beginners to experts, our courses offerings are designed for a wider range of skills, levels, and interests. And the Burn and Learn Center is part of the LEAF Ministries, a private members-only ministry committed to building a community of elevated learners, Welcome, guys, Jen Jen Masor and Pat Hannon of the Burn and Learn Center, and they're on mute, and they have to take, get off mute, you have to unmute. <laughs> Both are good friends of mine, good friends of the show, and big supporters in the cannabis community. How are you guys today?
0: We're good. Doing,
2: doing great, Joe. Thanks for having us. How are you?
1: Okay. Oh, she uh our producer says rotate your phone to the side to the landscape.
0: <laughs> Better?
1: No, all the way to the side. It didn't flip. It
2: didn't. Uh it's, it's an iPhone. I don't know what to
1: There we go. No, uh, <laughs> you had it there for a minute. I guess. There we go. There it is.
2: All right. It doesn't right. change. Right, I'm nice sorry, Harry.
1: This is how it's gonna be. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: so welcome guys. It's How great to have you on the show. I know Pat you've been on the show, but Jen this is your first time.
0: I know. And
1: uh I really appreciate you guys coming on. I appreciate what guy what you guys are doing for the community out there. I have visited your facility. I think it's very nice. I think it's great. You got a lot of things going on. Tell us about what's happening up at the Burn and Learn Center lately. Uh, if you got any events coming up and what you guys just what you do up there
2: yeah, good. all right so um I'll start off so we do a lot of classes as you had said um for, like I said beginners because there's a, now that um everybody 21 over to grow as of July 1st of this year a lot of people would like to do it but they're not sure even where to start where to begin there's you, you know you go online there's so much information um but you don't know where to start. Where you know you, you click on one thing and you're you're three weeks into flower, and you click on another thing and you're somewhere else. So a lot of times, just starting off with the basics of how much time do you have, how much space do you have, and you know, it winds up being more of a uh, sometimes more of a.
0: There's the meetup. We do a growers meetup on Wednesday evenings between six and seven. Um, so people can just come, and ask questions, and it's just kind of like a grow and tell.
1: Yeah, and I think, Pat, you make a good point about the internet and all the online learning. That stuff is great, but sometimes it's also good, first of all, to actually speak to somebody face-to-face and talk right. to them about your specific interest, what you specifically want to do, You know, maybe you have certain things about your grow space that are a little unusual. You're trying to convert a certain unusual type of space into a grow space. You need advice. Uh, You know, a lot of people are specific with their needs. And also, it's good to have a grower who actually grows in your area. Because, as you know, regionally, it, it can be different all over the place. Growing in the Caribbean, growing in Florida... Is a lot different than growing in Connecticut, and these YouTube videos and stuff are kind of very general. And yeah, I think yeah, what you can like, get is in a face-to-face, hands-on is more specific stuff.
2: Oh, sure. Like you said, from from the Caribbean to <laughs> England is going to be uh, a thousand percent different between temperature and and bugs and whatever else you might have. You know, mm-hmm. different water. Um.
1: Yeah, I mean, even an indoor grow, let's say somebody who lives in Florida is going to need a lot more ventilation, a lot more circulation in there, you know, because it's just generally hotter. Right. And so it's going to be changing than someone in Connecticut.
0: Well, not even just the growing, but most of our members, a lot of our members actually are kind of like myself. Like I was never immersed in the community before until about a year ago, and there's so much that I didn't know. Right. You know, I've always smoked my whole life. I mean, since I was probably 14. Um, But, like, I never really understood craft cannabis. So
2: you remember when it was just weed, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah. yeah. I certainly do. (laughs) But most of our members are from that point. Like, they don't get, like, they don't know. So we do a lot of education as far as the basics. Like, we have a weed tasting. Where you can come and try different, you know, strains.
2: Yeah, and you know, and and so, and as you know, Joe, some strains are going to work um a certain way for some people, and for other people, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be quite the same. So it's finding that right balance balance or the correct medicine for the relief that you're looking for, or the end result that you're looking
1: for and and it's also good sometimes to also just talk to the growers in yeah. person because then they can tell you exactly what the terpene profile is and and, and how it might help you with whatever different ailment or whatever uh, condition that you have or whatever you want it for and i also noticed that you guys go a little bit beyond growing too you talk you do edible classes infusion classes bubble hash classes -hmm. All kinds uh, of different aspects for (laughs) DIY cannabis, pretty much.
0: And support groups as well. Right. Management. We do a dad's meetup, a mom's meetup.
1: Oh, great. Great, great, great. So it's kind of like a small community center for the cannabis industry, right?
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And it's very cool. I know you have a standalone space. It's very nice up there, kind of uh, set back. Nobody really bothers you. Um uh, it's and, a very
2: safe place. It's a safe place to hang out and talk. And once you walk into that backyard, you don't even know where you are. Or you're somewhere else.
1: Yeah, it's you do a, have an indoor and outdoor. Yes, you do have yeah. an outdoor lounge, very nice. You hold cookouts back there. You had a yeah. concert there the other day. So uh and it's a lot of fun, you know, and and it's we membership have, only, correct?
0: Correct. We have a um we have a glass uh an art show. And glass blowing show coming up on the 29th of September with Perfect. Frank Pro Glass, so that's exciting.
2: Yeah, that that's going to be really cool. It's great to actually see, you know, everybody goes in, they see all different types of glass here and there, whether it be a bong or a bowl or a spoon or a bubbler or something. But to actually see them make it and and talk to you while they're doing it is is pretty amazing. And mm-hmm. Frank actually teaches um glass blowing classes at our center and. I, i'll be honest i being 50 years old frank's a little bit younger than us so when he first his first class i was a little nervous about hey how how is he going to be as a teacher you know what i mean and i was probably 15 20 feet away though the majority of the time that they was doing it but they hear him explaining himself very well and if somebody did have a question there was no um um, if, um he just spit out the answer and it, it was very smooth and natural to him. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, you make a good point there. And obviously, as someone who has run education before, you might be an expert in a subject and you might be a great grower. However, it takes a little something different to actually be a teacher. Yes. You have to know how to communicate. Uh, You know, you really ha- it, it takes a certain type of. Person a certain type of temperament to be a teacher, even though you know, and and I think that's important that you find the exact right people, you know. And I know you guys have done that. And I know that's a-
2: still looking for more teachers, mm-hmm. um, because like like you said, every grower is going to be a little bit different. And one month and late, and at these meetups, we wind up here. You know, oh, you hear something from somebody, and you're like, wow, that just rings a bell, and that could spark up a whole other conversation and topic of, of one little tiny thing, no matter what it is, the water temperature, or you know, whatever, whatever it might be at that point in time. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Right. So, um, do you have any classes coming up that you want to promote besides the glass blowing? Do you have any grow classes or anything else coming up this month? Um, next month, the, actually.
0: The bubble hash is coming up on the calendar. The bubble hash is coming up on the next Saturday.
2: Next Saturday? I thought it was. Uh, the days are just running together. I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> yeah, he has
0: double class coming up, and then we have um, we're doing a Labor Day picnic on Sunday.
1: Oh, beautiful!
0: Um, and we have an energy class on Wednesday night in the grow meetup as well.
2: Yeah, isn't that the full moon or the it's new moon? moon blue the full moon. moon. Um, and and most of our normal the classes have been on Saturdays. We're also trying to incorporate them into like a Wednesday night um and possible other nights too but right now trying to wednesdays because not everybody's available whether they have kids and everything on on mm. the weekends and now school starting and all that kind of stuff so we're trying to be able to have it at different times of the week so that you know what to fit more schedules
1: right 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 now that's great so you spread it out it's almost something almost every night of the week I know you also have events, meet and greet, and mixer events where people can actually meet the teachers, talk to them on a more social level, kind of networking things. You do those on various days. I think it's Fridays and Sundays as well.
2: Correct. Yeah. 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 Come on in on a Sunday, have a nice cup of coffee, relax.
1: Right. Here's some music. Mm -hmm. uh, They're the other day, waffles and sausages, Yeah,
0: that's breakfast that's up there,
1: breakfast. you know, and every time there's always food up there, too. People should know that there's certain foods up there that you guys yeah. serve as well. Freshly cooked. Rice yeah. The the
0: delicious.
1: Yep. All right. We got a few more minutes. I wanted to ask you two things. Tell me about the ministry. Well, it
0: actually, it just kind of started. It just kind of morphed into an actual ministry. We um, do a lot of work within the community as far as fundraising. We opened a thrift store. Oh, yeah, store the,
1: you have a thrift store in the same yeah, plaza. The
0: store, two doors down, and um, we're raising money for service dogs to unite them with families. Um, one of our members, Sammy, was in an injured in a car accident, and her dog, Daisy, was hurt. And it's a service dog, so we're raising money for them right now. Um, but we've done scholarships for different classes. We've done, um, free events for people. So we do a lot for that, which is great. Um, and it's basically, you know what, it's, it kind of turned into the ministry because we have this don't judge attitude. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own space, their own relationship with their spirituality. And we believe in cannabis as medicine right it's part of that healing, and it's part of that grounding and being centered and it can help someone's mind just relax you know so it morphs into like this ministry that does all this really cool stuff and our kind of our rule of thumb is just don't be a dick
1: yeah and and so the thrift store is part of the ministry sunshine thrift store in the same plaza right yeah absolutely now how can people become a member where can they reach you? And, uh, you know, you give us your location if you feel comfortable. Well, we do,
2: well, we do have our website up, it's, and please bear with us. It, we, it, is, it is a work in progress, continually just like everything else in cannabis. <laughs> so True. It, it is up and running, and it'll be constantly changing and evolving. Um, we have all the classes listed on there as we go. We keep adding them um, right in the calendar where you can register for the classes right online, which so, makes it a little easier. Correct.
0: And, and when, you can become
1: a member. And that's burnandlearnct.com, right?
0: Yes. Correct. Yes.
1: And you can become a member there?
0: You can become a member there. We actually are rolling out the membership on um, uh, September 1st.
1: Okay. And um, social media, what's your handle?
0: Uh, burnandlearnct at Instagram. Is the instagram and then on facebook we have a private facebook group so if they search burn and learn they can find us and request to join
1: perfect and they can find out about membership and everything there and how about the ministry
0: the ministry the site the website yeah. is um the
1: great so you got leaf ministry and you also have a group a uh, facebook group sweet leaf living and that's where people can find out about the meet and greets. Most of that is all done on social media. So if you really want to know what's happening up there, probably the best thing to do would be follow you all on social media at probably yeah, any yeah. one of your handles. <laughs>
0: Wednesday, Wednesday, we're there. Um, if anyone wants to stop in and visit, they're welcome to. Yeah,
2: it's a, just a pop-in day. There's not, it's, something, it's one of those days where there's either... Two of us there, or fifteen, or thirty, or fifty, or once next week. There's again, there's there's three mm-hmm. people. So it's that you know, it's just hit or miss. Uh, it's a fun night. We we just like to hang around, have some food. We, we did swamp painting. painting one night. How that guy
0: That was like so much fun. Great. We yeah, so some fun stuff like that as well.
1: Now I brought Becky in, and I just wanted to ask you: Do you have any other announcements that you want to make? uh while we're here on the air <laughs> no, no? Hi, Beck. <laughs> Say hi hey Becky how are you hi guys and you we're guys here. should hang yeah. out uh, and, we'll, and we'll chat um but do you have any other announcements
0: uh no all Sorry. right that's on friday on uh Tuesday night. <laughs>
1: Yeah, my dog. sorry, dog. all right so all right so i'm going to bring becky on why don't you guys hang out if you want and um you know join the conversation and that is burn and at burn and learn ct on instagram and the burn and learn center uh facebook group is a private group but you can ask to join correct pat All right, they're muted. All right, Becky. Hey, I want to bring on Becky Go- Becky Gutch, our second uh, guest here. And Becky is the owner of Running Brook Farms, our co-owner, and Running Brook Hemp Company. Running Brook Hemp Company is a woman-owned medicinal herb farm. All the certified organic herbs and craft hemp are grown with love under the sun on the farm in Deep River, Connecticut. We're passionate about bringing you pure and potent medicinals, taking great care at every step in the process, cultivating rich organic soil, planting the seeds, harvesting, drying to sifting and storing the dried herbs. We believe in the power of plant medicine. Every product is made in-house by our small team and steeped with our loving intentions. And also, for nearly 35 years, the Family Garden Center has been dedicated to meeting the demands of our customers. You buy anything we grow, you are bringing home a little piece of our heart. Becky, how are you? It is a pleasure seeing you.
3: I'm good. It's been a while, Joe. It
1: absolutely has. You've got a lot going on up there in uh, at love- the farm. You've got two different things, a few different things, right?
3: More than just a few, I think, sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you got Running Brook Farms, which is kind of the home base of everything, you that, know, and, and that is located in Deep River, right?
3: We're in Killingworth still, Killingworth. Right Deep River, Killingworth. Um, it's Saturday.
1: right there, right there ne- ne- near each other.
3: And our, our farm where we grow everything is in Deep River, and then the retail store is in Killingworth.
1: Killingworth, right, like, right. And you got a beautiful spot up there. I've visited it many times. We've done some events up there. You got a beautiful spot. Everybody should come check it out and, you know, we'll get into the hemp first. But besides that, you grow a lot of vegetables, plants, nice flowers. Tell us about some of the stuff that you, you can get up there besides the hemp. We'll go into that next.
3: Right. So um, Scott, my partner, um, and his 88-year-old father really started this nursery business together Um you know, 30 something years ago. And um, so his father still is the main grower for all of our ornamentals. So we do, you know, in the spring, we do all the hanging baskets that you you find at garden centers, perennials, annuals. And then um, right now we're bringing forward our mum crop. We grow, we grow and sell about 2000 mums.
1: Wow, yeah, and, that's the fall flower. Um, that's
3: the fall. And then in the winter we do poinsettias. So we just the seasons. And um, before we brought the CBD, um, before we brought the whole wellness unit to the retail side of things, we closed for the winter. We were a three season garden center. Mm -hmm. But when we started getting customers actively seeking, um, you know, medicinals, I felt like it was time to stay open for the winter um, so that we didn't you know we could still provide people with you know, their tinctures and stuff that they were coming here for and so um so that being here in the winter two winters ago brought me to um my winter project was to build a cafe so we also at our garden center have a little which i don't think you've seen joe we have a no little we have a little coffee and tea shop um where i serve all the teas that i grow all the all the herbs that i grow i serve tea And um, we partnered with a a local roaster, Deep River Roasters, and we sell, um, you know, coffee and lattes and all that stuff.
1: See, that's what I like to see, Deep River Roasters, right? in Your community, you you use a community roaster, you know, everything is grown in-house, you know, all the hemp is local, Connecticut hemp. Um, This is what we need to see, and I know Jen and Pat are, are all big on this. We have to support each other, whether we're in the car, co- if you're going to use, make a coffee, CBD infused, use a local roaster. That's what I did when I had the coffee. Yeah. You know, um, if you're going to use herbs, use a lo- use someone who grows local herbs, you know, mm-hmm. use Connecticut hemp. Yeah.
3: Things. And I can serve, even though I make my own tinctures and I make all my own in-house hemp products, I even serve Better Ways CBD um, in the coffees because he makes a kick-ass vanilla flavored.
1: Yes, soup. absolutely does. So Shout I, out to Duncan over there at Better yeah, Ways in Grandford
3: we, we all do different things really well, so so let's just embrace that is what let's I. Let's
1: network with it. Let's help each other. You know, let's re- let's re- let's be real. This community we you know doesn't get a lot of support from the state. No. So we have to support each other, you know, um, and, and that's, you know, I'm really big on that because you know, even though we got weed legal, we still have a long way to go as far as the state goes. So right. while they, they work around and get their act together, we got to continue, move forward and support the people who helped make this happen in the first place. You know, support the the community at large, and that means the customers, the patients, growers, and the other entrepreneurs. You know, we're all we're all in this together.
3: I couldn't agree with you more, especially considering you know we witnessed the hemp the hemp community specifically. While the marijuana community is expanding, the hemp community is really shrinking, and that's that's it's really important to try to you know, be creative as a community to withstand, um, you know, the timeline it's going to take before it becomes really, truly open and free
1: um, trade. Yeah, the hemp community took a big blow this year from the legislator. And, you know, it makes me question their support for actual agriculture in this state That doesn't include, you know, a big tax windfall for them. That doesn't include corporate money and corporate interest that could maybe line their pockets. I don't know. But it seems to me that there is very, very little support for the hemp industry here in from the state, and even from the Department of Agriculture to me. Like, they almost don't want to see it succeed.
3: So if you'll let me get on my soapbox for a minute. Yes,
1: I want the soapbox.
3: I was active up in Hartford this year in a way that I hadn't been before. I've submitted testimony in the past, and I've stayed very present in the past, but I've never been part of actually trying to negotiate, um, negotiate and in, in a one-on-one kind of fashion. So I met with a lot of legislators individually, either in person or on Zoom. And I'm still a little bitter. So I'm going to give that as Me a too. to my soapbox. Okay, everybody, I want you to know I'm a kind and open-hearted person and forgiveness will come. But right now I'm still really reeling from my experience. Um, it, was, it was hard because... Well, first of all, let's just fi- focus on the CBD. We tried to we tried to negotiate some some opportunities for hemp farmers to grow marijuana, and that's an uphill battle that we expected. And and but that's that's not where my soapbox um, comes in. It's right. what you were referring to. It's about support for local businesses and support for local patients, like the individuals who are consuming CBD in the state of Connecticut, who are going to be really impacted by some of the decisions that. I believe are really um, straight, flat-out money grab um, situations. Which mm-hmm. is, you know, they 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 basically, without going into too much detail, they put further restrictions on the amount of CBD we can have in our products. Be- those of us who use only full spectrum products, like myself, right. everything myself is too, plant. Okay, so if you're using isolate and stuff in your product manufacturing where it's just pure cbd you're not as impacted um but if you're using full spectrum and you're bringing in some of that thc with the cbd the legal amount though the legal amount federally legal amount they've capped it to a point where even all my herbal teas the way i sell them is is um is you know in bulk in tea tins in bulk and even my, my 100% USDA certified organic herbal tea blends, echinacea, hemp, um, valerian, uh, immunity blends, sleep blends, you name it. They all have to be repackaged and reformulated with the new restrictions. And so um, let alone full spectrum tinctures, you know, I'm sorry, but most of my tinctures are 1500 to 3000 milligrams Because that's what works, right? And that's what my customers buy and support me by. You know, they they've grown to really incorporate them into their wellness routines, and to avoid pharmaceuticals and all that stuff. So, if I want to continue to sell the products the way I make them, they have to be sold at a dispensary,
1: right? I was going to get to that. Yeah, and
3: marijuana tax, Joe.
1: Pay marijuana tax only in the dispensaries. Only from you know a license of you know you have to get approved to sell in the dispensaries, it's
3: and and, also, and one of the really important things is somebody at my scale, I can't afford to sell wholesale. I can't afford right that doesn't make sense to my business the model. I'm not I'm not producing at a scale that allows me to to have a middleman, you know, and my customers. <laughs> really benefit from being able to talk to me directly and understand how I make them and how to, how to use them. So that's for them. So there's
1: that's what we were talking about with Jen and Pat, how important that is,
3: you know? Um, so, and it's a shame because I feel like those decisions based on my experience in Hartford, I don't know where they got the language that they (laughs) used in this law, but it's lobbyists. it certainly came from marijuana lobbyists and it yeah. certainly benefits the big marijuana industry more than anybody else. Benefits
1: and big marijuana and it benefits the state because you, you hit it right on the head. Now they can collect the tax on it. If it's sold in dispensaries and they're totally they, taking you know, out that personal touch,
3: you know, they think they're that's, they think that that's, you know numerous numerous legislators thought that that was a good win for us to be able to sell it in dispensaries they thought that that was um you know throwing us a bone and in in some regards it is and maybe for some of the larger brands it'll work out well like i can think of a few people who who might want to take advantage of that scenario but certainly for the struggling hemp farmer who's selling at farmers markets who's selling Direct
1: um, to public, direct right?
3: Like it's not something. A few
1: small stores, you know, local distribution, but that's it. Yeah. So
3: it was a real blow, man. I'm still, I'm still recovering mentally. It's hard.
1: Yeah, it's terrible, and I know you're not the only person who feels this way and who has been affected that deeply by it. I know Duncan is very much uh, concerned about his business now and how it's going to fare and I know other CBD and you know this is where it hurts you know they use the excuse that they're trying to get it out of the gas stations and the convenience stores because they're taking advantage of it that's just the scapegoat And, and you said it the real motivation is to get it into the hands of the dispensaries and let the state collect their tax on it they're totally stripping the industry down to its bare bones. Um, if they
3: cared about it, if they wanted to get it out of gas stations and they cared about the synthetics and the and the high THC products, that I agree I I agree with the legislative body that those products have no place in gas stations and stuff. That's agreed. okay. Agreed. Get this out of the state. I that's I support that. Um but if they're using child safety Also, as a scapegoat, I have a real problem with that as well, because Mm -hmm. that's why bipartisan support is because, you know, it's it's all wrapped up in this little package that make people feel like they're making a difference. Who are they going to enforce, Joe? Are they going to come to a licensed hemp manufacturer and make sure that my products are um, are succumbing to the new restrictions or are they going to go? knock on gas station doors, and see who's misbehaving. I can't help but feel like it puts all of us in direct line of fire for enforcement if there's going to be enforcement. Oh, I think, yeah. If enforcement, then why'd you pass the law?
1: I, I suppose they will start enforcing it in, in such a way as they enforce, they send people out there like they do to catch people selling cigarettes to minors and things like that. You know, they have people go in there and actually try the of products and see who's who's not complying with the law. And you will see some things like that. People got to keep their eyes open for who's coming in and out of their store, um, you know, because they will. You know, the state operates in a similar way all the time. They're going to you know, they're going to do those kind of rounds. That's that's inevitable. Um, and. And, you know, what this has done, I know there used to be over 250 licensed hemp growers the first year the licenses came out. Now we're down to how many?
3: As of last year, I think it went down to 38. The number that I was using through, through the course of my, night, my discussions was 38 farmers harvested something last year.
1: That's it. And even you up there have cut your growing a bit.
3: Actually, (laughs) I will share with you that, um, that this year I, I, uh, I have inventory and I have, and I have product in my own little silent protest kind of way. Um, I, I actually don't have any hemp growing this year. I'm focusing on growing. I'm, I'm focusing on restoring, um, my field and, um, and replenishing my soil with cover crops and, um, and i didn't i was just so i had such a hard spring with everything that happened that um
1: yeah it was that, yeah i get like
3: it but I, I have enough i have enough inventory to get me through till till uh you know maybe this winter i'll put a winter crop in in the greenhouse
1: yeah and that's it you know and this is it you said from 250 to 38 yeah so you are down to less than a quarter you're down to what uh, not a tenth maybe Two tenths of yeah. what used to be.
3: Seven, there's 70 people who renewed their license when we went to USDA. So, so theoretically, you can say it's it's um, that I think that there's 70 licensed producers, but only 30 harvested anything
1: are actually growing. So the growers, the people who are growing, are supplying to the producers, and everybody's kind of sharing. At least it's all coming from Connecticut. I know Mike up there supplies a lot of people. Yep. Lou does a lot of people so you know I mean as long as the hemp industry as shrinking as it is still supports each other and those who are growing are producing for the other people I think it'll be okay but I I had Lupino on a few weeks ago and I wanted to talk to you about this because I know you're involved in the Connecticut Hemp Industry Association what about Converting to industrial hemp. In other words, screw you, state. We're not gonna grow for CBD. We're gonna grow industrial. And I know that there's limited areas at where you can actually sell and use industrial hemp. However, what would it take to say get a hemp creek plant? here in Connecticut, we yep. have cement companies, right? Hempcrete has been improved for um, commercial use now. It has been approved, but you can use it for building. We do have limestone here, right? you That's all you need to do, right? It's similar to making concrete and we do make concrete here. What would it take for the hemp industry to get together and really get a good industrial crop going and actually get industrial hemp production going here in Connecticut.
3: It would take um it would take acres and acres and acres to grow enough um for us to That's
1: what I wanted to ask is it take more industrial hemp than it does uh for let's say CBD to I think- produce a, a right amount of product?
3: Yeah, I don't want to speak out of turn, but that's my understanding. That's my understanding, but you know you can import. But you know you could do a thing where it's, um, you know, sort of like Connecticut hops, maybe where not all the hops that's in the beer is from Connecticut, but the majority. And so you could you could create a viable industry. I think you just nailed exactly where the Connecticut Hemp Association is going to focus. Um, um, primarily, I think our efforts are gonna are gonna really, at least my efforts. Um, all of us, there's only a couple of us that really are very active in the association and we all sort of have some different passions and whatnot. My focus is going to be to really try to shift to some of the sustainability aspects around the crop. So just like you said, just move to industrial and also move to maybe, um, you know, I I have, um, my local town has um, some serious, serious water contamination from firefighters, foam we have pfas contamination Mm -hmm. um i've been researching for the last couple months and trying to put together some sort of pilot project where maybe next year we can plant some industrial hemp um in the contaminated sites and try to do some soil remediation so that's
1: great that's a great use for hemp.
3: and think about that as something that's um that's you know some of these things when i talk about them out loud you realize we're really still are at the infantile yeah. um stage of of bringing this plant out of prohibition you know what i mean yeah so so i think anything we can do to create some infrastructure for industrial hemp in the state would be fantastic you need um you need some processing facilities or or some some specialized mechanical harvesting equipment and stuff all of which exists, it just has to come to Connecticut. Um,
1: Yeah, and I noticed Connecticut doesn't really give many subsidies, the Department of Ag, I don't see a lot of subsidies for hemp, even though it's one of the most sustainable crops out there. You know, and this is another thing, you know, you gotta look to the federal government, how much are they supporting hemp, even though they legalized it? Where's the subsidies? Where's the research into getting hemp production plants up and running? You know, I know. Where is that support from the federal government? You know, solar wind is fine, but hemp could blow all that away. Right. make solar panels out of hemp. You know, you can make gasoline from hemp.
3: Yeah, no, and that's that's where we should all stay excited. This is why we can't lose we can't lose sight of our love for the plant and the tremendous potent, potential that the plant has. Um, you know, some, sometimes I just, I can recall like that first year I grew it and standing in my greenhouse with all the terpenes all around me. And I can still feel like my, my connection to the
1: plant. Oh, I you used to know, love walking through loose fields. You yeah. know what I mean? He had and so large it's like, fields it's of a, outdoor hands.
3: It's a magical, magical plant. And what, I, where my focus has evolved thanks to growing hemp, is to, to really understand the power of plant medicine. You know, it's just one of many plants that's amazing, you know? So so it's um it's a big world out there for, for hemp. And I think that the United States in general, you know, not just on, on the local level, certainly on the local level, but on the federal level, like you mentioned, really needs to start um, trying to integrate more you know, expand some small pilot projects. Like, so for example, if we talk about the soil remediation, there's an indigenous tribe, and I can't remember their, their name, I apologize for that. But um, there's, there's um, people using hemp up in Maine to try to clean up an air force base that has PFAS contamination. Mm-hmm. And you know who's doing the data analysis? The Connecticut Department of Ag um, station, the experimental station in New Haven
1: right i saw so that I'm,
3: people in maine so let's work with people right here too let's
1: yes 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 you know I, I I have a place in puerto rico and we have tons of contaminated soil down there because of the, the u.s used to bomb right. test bombs there do you know how and hemp is legal there you know how much good you know just planting hemp out there and letting it grow would do for that soil you know they're using it in chernobyl let's all let's you know let's get creative here yeah creative use what mother nature gave us and stop going to everything synthetic
3: and it's like my little local town government you know they haven't done anything in they've acknowledged the problem they've identified the the contaminated areas and um, it's going to be so expensive to remediate. But in the meantime, three years have passed, and they haven't done anything to fix the soil. So, and you
1: could have thrown a bunch of seeds out there, and...
3: right? So even if it's not perfect, if it's not a one hundred percent solution, it's, it's something that can happen in a very passive and low cost way, right? You know? So that's where my that's where my energy is going to go, Joe. I you know fighting the man.
1: It's, right. Look, I, I look, I understand after seven years of doing it and Pat can attest to this, too. You get burnt out because you finally realize what they're all about and they're all about money. They're all about money and much money for the state. And then they Connecticut just seems to be a corporately motivated state. They would much rather do business with large corporations than they would to help the small entrepreneur and grow yeah. our businesses here. And, yeah. and and I don't know whether it's just the current administration or if it's just the government of Connecticut in general, uh, you know, but either way, that was the lesson I learned. And, yeah. and I felt the same way after seven years, which is why... You know, I had to leave and go to Puerto Rico yeah. that burnt out from them. It was yeah. It was hard because after all that work, they still screwed the pooch. You know, the licensing thing was what really got me the way they licensed and the way the lottery and the way it was all corrupted. It just stabbed me in the heart. It's like all that work and you still screwed it up.
3: Well, and what I found is what I found that frustrates me the most and makes you kind of want to take a step back and not really be, be too active has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, they, they they screw the pooch and you're using your words by not listening to us, by not asking advice. Like we could help if we could, if we could navigate the space where in a, in a way that allows for all of us to coexist. It's a big enough space. It really
1: is. It really is. I mean, look at the beer. Yeah. Nobody's stopping Miller or Coors or anybody from selling, but the craft beer industry, the local Connecticut breweries are doing fine. They have a thriving industry and they're coexisting with the big boys.
3: And that's what the hemp industry could do. We could be a small craft cannabis producer's we could grow for patients because, you know, what's going to happen is soon enough, some of these strains that that patients rely on, they won't be grown anymore because, you know, there's not, the, you know, the, the, the demand. Things. Yeah, demand's not there.
1: These corporate growers, the large growers are only going to grow what sells.
3: So they could take the hemp. They could look at us and, and see our willingness to participate in a way that makes sense the hemp community is totally willing to participate in the marijuana community in a way that makes people comfortable. We don't want to threaten the social equity licensees before they get up and running. We're, you know, we don't want to, um, nobody's asking for, for large square footage to grow.
1: It's really
3: comfortable.
1: Like craft licenses.
3: Yeah. Nobody
1: has that kind of footage that they require for the large licenses. That's but listen, it
3: should give out the microcultivator license. Yeah,
1: that's what I mean, the microcultivator. And so right?
3: many people, so I heard so many times, "Well, wait in line and get a license like everybody else." And my point is, there is no line for licenses. Okay, yeah, it's rest, over. It's over. And First this, round
1: is over. The line is starting.
3: <laughs> and is this what they want the state to look like? I think that. I think that by generating a robust craft element to the marketplace will keep people in dispensaries. It'll help make businesses successful. If you don't start giving the people what they want, you're only supporting the illicit black market.
1: Yeah. People vote with their wallets. You know, that's what it comes down to, you know? So we got about five minutes left. Um, Tell us a little bit, and I appreciate you coming on Becky. So much insight. And I would love to see the, you know, the hemp industry thrive. And, and you know, sometimes we have to uh, adapt to what the state does and get creative. And if we can, you know, if the hemp industry can turn around and say, all right, you're going to screw us with CBD. We're going industrial. You know, and you have a, how many farmers that might actually re-up their licenses now with a little re- reinvigoration. You might have that amount of square footage combined. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, combined, if the industry would come together and combine its forces and say, we're going to create a robust industrial hemp industry, just like we did with the CBD in the beginning, which they screwed up. But anyway, (laughs) us remember, we all built this industry. There was no industry before. I know. A community, right? And then it turned into an industry and a business. But in the beginning, it was us. So we gotta remember that. And we're all pioneers, everybody on this line here. And we should Pat.
0: all be
3: really proud of what
1: we do. Yeah, done. we should. And and we should just continue to do what we do and and you know try and put things forth in a positive way. But how can people reach you? If you have any events coming up, please plug them. Tell us the websites, everything you got.
3: So one of the most um, the most exciting thing going on at the farm is for the last six months on mostly on Mondays and Thursday nights at six thirty you can find us doing something fun so um, astrology tarot mindful meditation um, and those are usually on Monday nights that kind of thing um, and then on Thursday nights I do herbal Study group on the second Thursday of every month, where it's free and you just come and we talk about different herbs, um, cannabis, uh, echinacea, tulsi, yarrow. We do, we go through and we do one herb at a time and talk about it. And then um, and then I have lots of fun guests coming. So those are it. Always starts at six thirty at night, and you can usually find it either by following Running Brook Hemp Co. on Instagram. Or also at our website www.runningbrookfarms.com. I have an events tab, and depending on how good I am, it's they're usually all listed there. Um, but you can also just come swing by. We're somebody somebody's always at the shop who wants to talk herb and 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 milk. that's what's
1: the address up there in Killingworth? Two
3: hundred nineteen Route eighty in Killingworth. It's right at the 8180 circle. So if okay. you're if you're coming up from the Clinton outlets, you just go north from the Clinton outlets and then you hang a right towards Deep River and we're right okay.
1: there. You're right there, yeah, I've been there. It's a beautiful farm, y'all. Everybody should go up and check it, especially now in fall. It's a great time of year to go up and visit a farm and uh, enjoy a few couple of nice classes with Becky. Yeah. We've got some herbal teas pick up some of her nice hemp blends. I know you do some great tinctures up there where they can find your products at runningbrookhempco.com, right? If they want to order them online, right?
3: Yep. Best thing to do is stop by the shop.
1: Though. Yeah. Right. And see what you got.
3: Technology and I don't always... and have
1: a cup of coffee with Becky in the new coffee shop. <laughs> hey, Jen and Pat, you got any last words over there? Give us one last plug for what you got going on up there. At Burn and learn. You're still muted. No, now you're off. There you go. There we go.
0: There you go. Hi, guys.
2: Hey, I'm going. All right, first, Becky's place is beautiful. She's an awesome person. Go there. Say are hi.
0: Best wood tabletops. They're gorgeous.
1: <laughs> this, this is true. These it are is, it's
2: awesome. It's, it's an awesome place she's got. Beautiful.
0: Let's go. but it's, all right. A- so you're saying that we have um we're doing the education at uh, Halloween and we have hemp brothers at, that are coming in. Yeah,
1: green miles. Miles. Oh, okay. So maybe you guys should team up for that. You should guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Halloween. That sounds great. I'm getting the word from my producer. We gotta say goodbye. So, Running Brook thanks, Hemp Patty. Farm. Thanks, Joe. Turn and learn. See Love you guys. Check them all out. We love you all. Love you both. We're going to be off the air next week for Labor Day. So everybody have a great Labor Day weekend. We hope to see you all out and about. There's a picnic up there at Burn and Learn. So check that out. And take care. Everybody enjoy the beautiful weather. We'll see you on the 11th. we got a great special show. Thank you, guys. Peace for me at Joe the Weed Guy on Instagram, Facebook, also at Green Haven Media and at Cannabis Corner Radio. Thank you I all like for I your lie. support. Thank you, running, running Brook Hemp Farm. Thank you, Bernard. Thank but you, Pat. You Thank you, Becky. Look. Thank you, Jen. And I know why. Why, man. Yeah. Yeah. why I got, I got Because
0: I got high.